All right, what's going on, everyone? Hope y'all are doing awesome today, tonight, this evening, whenever you're listening. Uh, we did miss last week's show due to it being WrestleMania weekend. Yes, yes, we are a redneck, God-fearing, gun-loving, wrestling-watching family in our household, and WrestleMania weekend is like a religious holiday around our house. Uh, pretty much nothing gets done, all things go on hold for that spectacle, and this year it was another tune-out event, so unfortunately we did not have a show last week, and I apologize for that. Um, and uh, for those of y'all that are yelling at me, uh, saying wrestling's fake, yeah, I know, shut up about it, I know it's fake, it's been fake for years, um, but then again, it's no different than watching uh, reality TV, and everyone uh, thinks that's real, so trust me, it's not. None of it. Sorry to bust your bubble. Uh, anyways, uh, welcome to another round of the Union Underground. I do hope y'all are doing great on your preps uh, and getting everything together. Uh, be sure to head over and give our Facebook page a like, and don't forget to subscribe uh, or follow the show on whichever platform you are listening on to get notified of the latest show uploads. Also, be sure to share uh, the show. Hit, copy the link and post it on your Facebook or your social media and get the word out there, all right? Um, greatly appreciated. Love you guys for doing it. I have been seeing some folks do it. Thank you for that. Um, if uh, Also, if you know... Uh, Anyone or if you yourself have a product that uh, could benefit folks in a survivalist situation or a prepping situation, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to us here at the Union Underground uh, via email. Our email is going to be the Union Underground Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll get you on the show and talk about your product or talk about whatever you want to on here. Um, all right. So uh uh, let's get on with this episode. Uh, today, for this show, we are going to be talking about bug out location selection. Um, and to help me out on this round, uh, I've got a very special guest on here today. Um, good friend of mine. He's a 12-year active duty military airborne ranger and jungle war- warfare expert. He's an avid prepper and survivalist. Bill, how are you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. I hope everyone out there listening is uh, having a good day. And let's see if we can't talk about some stuff and learn a few things. Excellent. Sounds good. Let's see. So, so oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. All right. So, I just say, so I guess the thing is, what are we talking about when we're talking about bugging out? Um, and so. In order for me to lead into site selection, there's a couple other criteria that we have to run down. Because um, it makes a big difference on where you're going to go. Um, reasons for bugging odds, they range from, there are some people that are just tired of it all. They don't want to live in the city. They're worried about the political climate. They don't want to work nine to five. They want to go find a place where they can grow a garden and Hunt. Amen. <laughs> you have to do that in advance, though. You can't, you got to get that set up. You cannot wait until the balloon goes up to, to pull that one off. Um, another reason is economic collapse, which, if any, if we're all paying attention and looking for the price of uh, wood, and I don't know if you've noticed, I just found out today, I have a friend that works in the steel industry, 
They said steel has jumped up like 90% in the last six months. So it's not just wood that we're seeing that's going up. Um, natural disaster. You want to know what got me into prepping is go back and look at Hurricane Katrina when it hit New Orleans. I remember watching the TV and I couldn't believe it. I was watching people just walking down the highway, collapsing and falling over dead. Um, all the things that went down in the Superdome, you don't want to be in there. Uh -uh. Uh, so that's, and that's another reason. And then another one is the grid goes down. Solar flares, solar flares, cyber attack. And if you, if you don't think a cyber attack is capable, I urge everyone to go read Ted Koppel's book called Lights Out. And now it's about seven or eight years old at this point, but the truth is nothing has changed. Um, so that's a good book to read, and you will learn how vulnerable our grid truly is. And then finally, I think the last uh, reason you're worried about bugging out is war, foreign invasion, civil war. Um, all those things are possible. Is there anything you want to add to that, Mike? Um, other than um, you, you meant the cyber attack uh, on our on our uh, power grid. I mean, I don't think a lot of folks truly realize how um, how weak our our firewalls are and our security is for our power grid, the the main system that operates it. Um, it it's I, I think I could be wrong, but I think it dates back the 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 technology for it dates back to like the seventies. I, th I actually was going to tell you, I think it dates back to the 60s, but I mean, either way, it's not good. Yeah, I um, mean, you, it, it, it's almost like these days a kid in, I don't know, Iran or whatever could could bring our, our power grid down through his iPhone, the way technology I'll tell is. You, they did a, uh, and I can't remember where it was, I was talking with a guy at my work um, who does a lot, this guy does a lot of like uh, investigations and security work, so I mean, obviously I'm not going to say his name, but... Um, he told me that about five years ago, they wanted to test the grid. Uh, in one of the, cause there's three grids in the country, but they wanted to test one and they did like a sub grid test. And what they did was they literally put the flash drive with a virus on it. No, it was obviously the virus they could control. It wasn't going to crash anything, but they wanted to see. And they walked it on and just tossed it on the ground by the front door, entrance to the facility. And some dummy walked in, picked it up, walked in, plugged in his computer, and the virus spread. That is literally all it would take to bring our grid down. Yep. And and we we here in Texas, um, we we're all a lot of us are convinced that when we had that blizzard back in uh, February, I guess it was, or yeah, February. Um, we were all convinced that we were a bunch of guinea pigs for a grid down, um, controlling the power grid. Um, you absolutely were. Yeah, because Texas, we, we have our own power grid. We've got the eastern, the western, and then Texas, we've got our own power grid here. And we, we, we're we all convinced that the, the ERCOT or whatever it's called, they were part of it. And it was all being manipulated and controlled with the rolling blackouts, the full blackouts, um, especially in high populated areas. Energy. They were testing sending energy from other grids. Yeah, that was a test. Yep, and they they were they were controlling. It seemed like they were controlling the more populated areas, like where I live, 
um, here in the North Texas region, um, here in the city, because my, my in-laws, they live out in East Texas, and we were actually visiting with them yesterday, and we were talking about it because they actually their power actually went out while we were there, and I was... I was like, well, you know, this is weird. We're not even having a blizzard yet, you know, kind of making a kind of making a joke about it. And my mother-in-law said our power never once went out that week here. And when she told me that, I was just like, yeah, they were they were messing with yeah, the high populated areas to see how I think they were going to see how we would react and how things, you know, if they could actually control it. And they I mean, they it was successful. They controlled the situation with our power and it wasn't fun. And even we got a notice uh, earlier this week. Um, earlier part of the week, I think it's like Wednesday, maybe that they wanted us to start conserving power already for the summer and or for that right. for that specific day, and we were just like, no, that, that's I not happening. That. Yeah, I read about that. That's um, just a sidetrack. Is you know your whole show, and that's what for the record. So everybody listening here, Mike has started out talking about. He started from the very beginning. Um, so I hope this is not your first podcast you're listening to. If it is, go back and start from the beginning. He is starting out with people to start from scratch. If you don't know what you're doing, you haven't, perhaps not even really sure, but you want to start, go back to the very beginning and listen. And so that's how I'm going to gear the information I'm talking about tonight in the same in the same kind of concept. Um, I want to we want to talk about building it up and being ready. So I. We could do a five-hour podcast if you wanted to get me into too many details. So I think it's a good thing to start from the beginning, like uh, like Mike has been doing from the start, and I think we can go from there. Cool. All right, so we talk, We just talked about the reasons for bugging out. Um, and what that leads to is site selection. Now, this is going to be assuming that you don't already have a secure place to go. There are a lot of people that have places to go. They they got a cabin in the middle of nowhere. They own some land somewhere that they can hold up on. But not everybody's in that situation. Also, if you are in that situation and the grid goes down, if your place is two or three hours by car away, you're talking a a week-long walk. So every time you select a site, there's a lot of considerations you have to take into account. Um, if you do not own property, I cannot recommend strong enough that you go out, go camping, go out, go hiking, walk around, find somewhere. And I'm going to talk in a little bit here. We're going to talk about the things you want to look for. But don't wait till it's too late. Go out, make a plan, find somewhere to go. Um, it doesn't have to be permanent because if you don't own property, you probably going to have to stay on the move. So at least hopefully you'll know what to look for while you're doing it. So if you don't have a place to go, and, and to break this down and make it a little easy, easier, just for the sake of this conversation, this is not doctrine, this is not, you know, this is just my thought process, is uh, we'll talk about levels of threat. That makes a difference on where you're going to hold up. So the first one I would call just threat level low. This is when you're, go back when I said you just had enough, you're leaving, you want to look for somewhere to go and just get away. 
There's some concern. Locals. Locals don't like, and I'm putting air quotes nobody can see because it's the radio. Uh, homeless. They don't want to see tents in their backyard, in their areas. Um, national forest, you're allowed to camp in. But you can only camp there legally for two weeks, and then you have to move. I think I think it's 30 days before you can come back to the same spot. Um, and park rangers, they're out there. They're looking. you got to be able to look out for that. If you go into two, and a big problem nowadays is you got to look out for gangs and meth heads and meth cookers. They're out there. They're out there. And that's what they do. They walk into the middle of nowhere and they tow a trailer out there and they cook their mess because nobody's going to find them. They are not going to appreciate somebody encroaching upon their property. So you have to be vigilant. You have to look around. You have to know where you're going. And, and also on, on to that, it's good to know, um, especially for a meth lab, uh, you're going to smell it. Right. Oh, absolutely. signs. That's another conversation. We can do another podcast about that kind of stuff, about self-awareness and looking. People, I cannot stress hard enough that when you're walking, you pay attention, like he said, smells, sight, sound. Pay attention to where you are and what's going on. I don't know. You smell methane, gas. Okay, that's probably not an area you want to be in. That means somebody's there. Get out of there. Go somewhere else. Um, so with that scenario, though, it's still best to be as stealthy as you can. But for other scenarios, you don't have to, you know, dig a hole in the ground and hide. You're probably, um, you're probably all right. Get as primitive as you can and isolated as possible. But it's not the end of the world. You don't have to go into complete hide. Um, threat level medium. We're going to classify this with catastrophic events. Natural disasters, economic collapse, grid down. Uh, and we've already talked about grid down can come from many reasons. Solar flares, you know, hackers. There's so many things that can cause that. But, so a catastrophic event. You have the same considerations as the first one, the threat level low. But, you also have to consider hungry people, panicky people, Dangerous people looking to take advantage. Now, I referenced Hurricane Katrina earlier. People are looking, they're going to look to steal your stuff and try to sell it and barter. Forced labor. Rape. We've all heard the stories and saw the videos of, of, of the Superdome. All right? So you have to be vigilant here. You don't want to go into one of those math centers. Um, you got to be vigilant. Bottom line with threat level medium is it requires you to be way more attentive, vigilant, and less trustworthy of people. And I, I know that there's a lot of people that might be listening to this and new to prepping. That sucks and it's horrible to say. Think about it, and you guys tell me if people can be trusted. Yeah, it's it's um like with the with the Superdome, you know, all the all the murder and the rape and and everything that went on in there over you know during during Katrina, um, you know, I I, I like to tell people, well, I don't like to tell them, but I I do tell them, you know, whenever I'm talking to people like out in the street or at work or whatever, you know, 
when you know when SHTF happens, whether it's you know grid down, natural disaster, whatever it is, you know these these red crosses that they're going to be popping up to help. You know, um, if you can find one, don't go to them. They're they're not safe. They're not going to be safe. You know, not just not just because of the the, the violence that's going to ensue in there, um, but you know places like that, you're now under you know federal custody and you are now a number and you're going to get a wristband like you get at the hospital and it's going to have a barcode on it. And that's you now that you're known as a barcode and a number, your name and identity no longer exist. And you know, the, the rapes and the murders and the, the fights and all that, the violence is going to happen in there because you can't take a group of people, whether it's 50 or it's a thousand and put them into one specific location, cage them up and expect them to stay friendly it's just not going to happen. People's going to get cabin fever. People, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a going to be a crazy, hectic situation, and nobody's going to know what's going on, and people's going to just snap. You know, oh, basically. You are so right. You know, it, it, perfect example. It's happening right now. Look at your neck of the woods, and we can just forget the politics. We don't need to get into all that because anybody's listening to your podcast. You know, we probably know which side of the aisle they fall on. Right. But. <laughs> but Let's look at Texas right now, down on the border. What has happened? We're, we're seeing reports now about the horrible conditions because our government asked people, oh, it's okay, you can come to America, and look what they did to them. Uh-huh. There's kids, uh, Ted Cruz and a couple other people snuck videos out. It's horrible living conditions. Now, and people say, well, that's foreigners. They wouldn't do that stuff. Bull crap. That's exact, that's what you can expect in a FEMA camp. Is what you're seeing on TV at the border of Texas and Mexico is what you can expect to be living in if you go to a FEMA camp. Yep. They, if they'll do it to them, they'll do it to us in a heartbeat. And there's no doubt. All right, so the next one, though, we can say is threat level high. And we're going to classify this as civil war, foreign invasion, or SHTF. And you just weren't you weren't prepared at all. You don't have a location. You don't have your stuff. This is bad. Um, and then for anybody listening, and they said, "Well, foreign invasion and civil war." That's not likely. Are you really going to tell me that with the client climate that's going on right now? That that's not possible. I, I wonder. I not not to interrupt you there, for, but no, I, I wonder. I wonder if the folks actually realize that China has actually got about two thousand to twenty five hundred troops that are sitting on just on the other side of the U.S. Canada border, right up next to Washington. I wonder if people know that. Now, why would China put that many troops right there, and why are we stationing? And sending warplanes over next to China, and now China and Russia is threatening us. See, and I don't think people know all that. And 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 with the foreign invasion, you know, yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely on the on the high plausible list of things. But continue. Well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead in. We'll digress for a quick second. Um, I'm gonna lead into what you're just talking about here. So, so when people say this isn't gonna happen, oh, that's not possible. We have the best military in the world. We do. We do have the best military in the world, but it takes the right people to use the military, number one. Um, and number two, I can promise you that our military is in a slight state of decline. Um, they're still warriors, and I 
put my money on them seven days a week, twice on Sunday. However, I can tell you, I remember there was a point in time where we go out and do a training exercise and we'd use blanks. We couldn't, our, our unit couldn't afford blanks. And I was an infantry officer. We're supposed to be the tip of the spear. And we had to yell bang, bang, because we couldn't afford blanks. So when we were shooting our weapons, we'd yell bang, bang. There's no way to train properly if you don't have the right tool. Right. Um, but, take that to the next step. We talk about grid down and all these other economic collapse, all these things. I want everyone listening out there to really, truly think about this. If our grid goes down, where we have an economic collapse, and by the way, folks, an economic collapse will 100% lead to the grid down. There's, there's no way around that. Economy collapses, the grid goes down. They're, they're hand in hand. Um, do you really not think that a foreign entity will take full advantage of that? Do you not think that China and Iran, who, by the way, have just signed a, a, a treaty together? I don't know if people know that. These guys are now aligned. Our two biggest fears are now aligned together with a formal treaty. Um, and throw in North Korea because they're just backtrack crazy. Uh, do you not think they would take an advantage of a grid down economic collapse situation? They most certainly will. So this is actually, this is something that people should think about. I mean, am I saying it's going to happen in the next six months? No. Will it ever happen? I don't know. But the percentage, the percentage of it happening, chance of it happening has dramatically increased. Um, so we're talking about threat level high. Like I said, it's going to be, it's going to be tied to an economic collapse, grid down scenario. And this will proceed without a doubt, civil war and or invasion. Look at how divided our country is. Look at the riots we've all been witnessing for the last year and a half. Um, a civil war is not going to be like it was in 1861. You're not going to have one side versus the other wearing uniforms. It's going to be fighting in the streets. So you need to be even more remote at this point. You need to get away from cities, large groups of people. I already said it earlier. In this situation, you absolutely cannot and should not and will not trust strangers. Your man is going to want to help. If you remember, your resources are now limited, and any resources, any resources you have, other people want. They want them. They need them. Um, I'm not sure if I remember this right, Mike, but what is it? Is it nine meals that will cause people to just go crazy? If you miss nine meals, that's enough to, to start complete and other chaos yeah the uh the 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 longer you go without like food or water um it, it reverts back to the reference that i've made on previous shows of the lucifer effect oh yeah the, the rules of three yeah and the the oh. the um the, the the brain will basically have a chemical reaction to where it rewires itself naturally to kick into a primitive survival mode and then you will start doing things that you never thought in a million years you would do and that even that does that that doesn't exclude killing for a can of spaghettios or a can of peaches or something 
Right. Right. Listen, my daughter is now 19 and she's in the army. Um, but I, so I don't have to worry about her. I can tell you when she was three and we missed nine meals in a shit hit the fan scenario, I'm not proud about it, but the human will to live will kick in. And I probably would have done some dirty, rotten shit to feed my kid. And might not have been proud about it, but it probably would have happened. Nine meals is the rule. People miss nine consecutive meals. That's when it all goes to hell. And you will have flat out utter chaos and confusion, riots in the street, and flat out complete war over food and water. Exactly. And 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 to talk about a second what you said about um people killing each other, you know, and and, and uh Killing for food and you can't trust anyone trusting strangers and stuff. Uh, one of the uh, Facebook groups that you and I were, we met actually uh, in, on Facebook and one of the groups that we're in, um, one of the one of the members of the group made a post about, um, she said something to the effect of, I hope that, you know, when things get bad and, and you know, SHTF happens, you know, I hope I can find like-minded individuals that are like me that I can team up with. And I went on there and, you know, I, I just made a quick response of, you know, you need to be getting your group together now because it's, right. not, it's not an overnight event. It is you've got heavy vetting to do that includes a criminal background check. If you if, if folks are serious about putting a group together uh, to to reconvene once everything goes down and everything goes bad and people want to group together because there's there's powers and numbers, you know, um, and if you want to do that, you know, folks have got to vet and they've got to a run criminal background checks, anything shady, <laughs> get away from them. You know, don't right, allow them right. in your group. Right. And, and I'm just going to, I'm going to interrupt you for one second because if you don't do what you're saying, you're going to end up with Jeffrey Dahmer in your group. Yeah. He was a very normal guy and convinced people. It, it took years to find out what he was about. That's what you're going to end up with. Yeah. And, and you, you, you know, I, t I told her about the, the heavy vetting, the criminal background checks, you know, and I was like, you know, you, you say you can trust, you know, your best friend or even, even your brother or your sister, you know, a family member. But when you start helping them, you are pulling from your supply. And Absolutely. when you pull from that supply so much, you're, you're now shortening your lifespan on on your on your supplies and when you start getting too low when you have to say no that's not going to go well and no, that, that person is going to kill you for that can of beans so they can eat you know so you when it comes to putting a group together you've got to you know look at you know different aspects and that's probably a whole other show to cover on no, having having absolutely. different people from different backgrounds that can all come together as one and and everyone can benefit from each other you know and then on top of that you know put together retreats and group meetings and go camping and go out into the middle of nowhere for a weekend and see how everybody responds there was a, a, a there's a podcast that I, I listened to um, on prepping and he actually joined a group on meetup 
and they went out and did, you know, a weekend thing, and there was a 12 of them, I believe, and before it was over with, everybody had to, diminished out because they couldn't get along. It turned out they couldn't get along, and they had all walks of life. They had attorneys, they had doctors, they right. had chefs, and, you know, just because someone has a specific background doesn't mean the personalities are going to mesh, and if the personalities hey. don't mesh, it's pointless. Listen, you can, you, the guy, I watch a lot of the survival shows that you do. Um, there was one called, I think it was called Out of Alaska. And anyway, they had the one guy, and he came up wearing, like, basically, like, fucking clothes that he made. He refused to fire modern weapons. He had a black powder rifle that he was hunting with and a bow. And my man was super handy, bushcraft wizard. But he was such a jerk that they finally kicked him on. They said, you got to go. Leave. We don't want you here no more. They had to kick him on. They were trying to set up an intentional community in Alaska where they could all just get together and get along. And it, it, obviously, it failed. He brought in strangers that you never met before to help different walks of life. One guy, you know, was a little bit of a hippie. They had a girl who was super, her name was Christine. She was super handy at, like, um, like cannon hides and all that stuff. Um, so they had all the skill set, but they couldn't get along. And the worst part was the one dude was just a huge jerk, but he might have been the most skilled of all of them. But he, he, he couldn't get along with everybody. So you're right. Yeah, you have to, once again, go back to the beginning. Figure this out now. Don't wait till it's too late, folks. Figure this out now. Meet people. Figure it out. Yep. And, and, and also know that if you allow, you know, you, you, you go through the process of vetting and, and meeting with them and developing that relationship, you know, always know, A, don't, don't let everything out. Don't tell them every little thing that you've got nope. going on for you and your family because there may come a day when you need to tell that person, all right, dude, you got to bounce because this ain't working. Well, you kick that person out of your group. And he might come back. They're gonna. They will come. I believe they would come back, especially with We're another group. Exactly. Yeah. And now, right. now you've got a security problem on your hands. You've got right. You know everything going on at that point, and it's just complete mayhem. So, right. it, it's you know, and and I've, I've I've stressed on this show. I'm not trying to fear monger, but it is what it is. When you get down to it and really look at it, that it is going to be a very and I. I pardon the French, but it's going to be a very shitty situation that we're all oh, going I, to be I, in. And it's, it's going to be scary. You know, even for us that are avid preppers, we practice, we, 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 we do it all. It's still going to be nerve wracking because it's going to be a lot of the unknown. And it's going to be pretty much nothing but the unknown because you never know what's around the corner and what's going to happen next. And the, the normal eight hours or 10 hours of sleep you get a night is that's out the window. Because you are going to be sleeping with one eye open for the rest of your life. Because oh, yeah. you, you even even with your group or your tribe or whatever you want to call them, there's going to be a part of you that's going to say, I don't fully trust this person. Hey, a stupid reference because it's not, it, it means it's a stupid reference because it's not going to happen. But what, if people haven't watched this, what's The Walking Dead? And think about what they had to do for security. Now, we're not going to have brain dead zombies. If you're going to have groups of people 
you can call them gangs, you can call them paramilitary units, you can call them whatever you want. They're going to be out there. The same security precautions they had to take in the movie, in this TV show, The Walking Dead, you're going to have to take. Even when they had like fortified, there was like, I, I, I can't even remember now, it's been so long. There was like a town and they fortified it, built walls. Guess what? Everybody had to take turns standing the wall and, and keeping an eye on, making sure everything was secure. That's a real, true blue scenario. Uh-huh. And and, um, and before we before we actually um, uh, was going to do tonight, I was actually that was actually going to be um, the topic I was going to talk about tonight was lone wolfing it versus grouping it. Because, you know, you, you hear all these John Rambos out there that I'm going to lone wolf it and I'm going to be fine. And that's that's fine and good, but your survival rate is insanely decreased. Because, once again, just, just based on the security alone, that's a 24-7 job. Then right. you got you got to no. factor in chopping wood and shelter and all that, but that's right. a different show. Now, <laughs> now, now here's the, the only thing I'll say on that is that... Um, there's going to be a lot of people now. The guys that want to be Rambo and like, oh, I don't screw that. I'm going it alone. Okay, that's a different ballpark. Um, there are some people that right the second they don't have the ability to get in a group. They, they they don't have it. Um, and they might have to go it alone. If you have to, okay, learn your skills, figure it out, and you're going to have to do the best you can. I also recommend everything that Mike has talked about. Be proactive right now and try to find a group of like-minded people that you can get along with, that you can become friends with, that you can trust, and then you don't have to be a lone wolf. The people that want to be a lone wolf, uh, I don't know what to tell you guys. Good luck. I mean, that's going to be rough. I mean, I get (laughs) it. Hey, hey, Mike, I get it. Some people just aren't antisocial. They're antisocial. They want to go on and be buttons. I get it. Um, and that's fine right now. If you want to go be a lone wolf in the national forest and hunt bears, and just, okay, you're fine. In a, in a, in a SHTF scenario, that's probably not going to work so well, and you probably need to uh, rethink your plan, buddy. Yeah. All right, so we were still on the threat level high, and here's the thing. We've already basically said it, but you got to be on high alert, and you got to be on high alert at all times. If it's a, if it's a high threat level, you got to be on alert at all times. Um, whenever you sleep at night, set up early warning. I actually bought on Amazon rechargeable things that I can charge. i got a portable power pack, and, and they're basically, you hook them up to a rope, and when you break it, they're loud. The decibel level is loud. You know, they, they just blow, and it's an early warning system. But you can also get primitive. I mean, you can tie a fishing string and put two bottles together or anything. Anything that's going to clank and make noise, you can set it up to be on high alert. It's going to protect you from people. Well, not protect you, but to give you warning from people, animals, any kind of threat. If you know how to set up an early warning system, you need to do that. you got to be hidden. High threat, you got to be hidden. Um, Find a place where you can shelter, get out of the elements, but you need to make it as low business possible. Do every camouflage, use natural forest materials, do everything in your power to make it look like it's just part of wherever you're laying your head at night, 
you make it look like it's a natural part of the forest. And then the last one is, this. I don't care if you have a homestead, a bug out location, or if you're just in the woods. You have to have an E&E plan. And what that means is you need to be able to escape and evade. You need to have plan routes. Things go haywire. You already you, and there's a group of you. You need to be able to have already set up pre-planned locations to regroup. You might say, "All right, look, we're going to regroup 3,000 meters at 90 degrees. There's a creek bed, a big rock. That's where we'll meet up, and then we're going to move to our uh, our secondary location." You have. I don't care how tough you are, how many guns you have, how many bullets you have. Things can go haywire, and you need to be able to move on the drop of a dime. You need to be able, you have to have an evacuation plan. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Perfect sense. I, I, I definitely like the idea of um, when it comes to anything to make sound for security. You know, I've, I've, I've played that in my head, I don't know how many times for, for you know, especially being out in the woods and, and using fishing line and bottles, anything, bells, anything that can make sound to alert you, you know, use it, you know, set your, build yourself a perimeter, you know, at a, at a distance that's, you know, within earshot of you being able to hear whatever's going to alert you to give you as much time as possible to react. And uh, you can layer it. You can have several layers. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can, you can layer it so you start getting early warning, medium warning, and uh oh, it's time to get ready. Right. Because uh, because no. because like like if I, I, if you're if you're out in the woods and you've got your perimeter layers up, usually something that's you know for the first warning, if it's an animal, it'll most likely sure, scare, it scare it off. Right. Yeah. So you if you unless you get that second warning, now it's time to okay. Now we've got to start. Getting ready, and then when we hear that third one, okay, it's go time. Yeah, exactly. That's why you have and another, a whole other episode we could talk about different. I mean, the horrible thing to say in the, in the SATS scenario, we can talk about man traps and improvised things. I mean, there's there's ways to really secure your perimeter if you need to. Yeah, um, I, I really want to. I really want to cover that in a in a. Uh, in an episode because I've got a, I've, I've got the uh, Department of the Army, U.S. Army Improvised Munitions Handbook, and I've been wanting to yep. go through that book on this show so bad. And it's just, it's, 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 it's like when I know there's a gun show coming to town and I've got money to go buy something. I'm like super excited about it, like a little kid because I really want to get into this book and talk about it. But there's like so much to talk about. I'm just like, okay, it's only, you know, roughly an hour show. So I can't right. talk the whole book. But yeah, that's definitely something that, uh, we'll have to cover on the show yeah. um, at some point. <laughs> and listen, all those, all those, all those defensive things, man traps, pits with punji sticks, all that kind of crazy stuff that people in their right mind wouldn't think about doing. And if shit hits the fan scenario, you have to think about that. And all those things are limited to your imagination. Go back and watch some movies. Go back and watch movies about the Vikings and the way they fought war when they set up a, a stronghold all the things that they did this is stuff that we have lost um, our ancestors did we have lost this skill we've become too civilized and we've lost the ability to prepare for that 
Um, there are some people that retain this knowledge because they've been trained in it, but most people don't have the knowledge and know how to do that. Right. And, and, and people also need to, to remember that no matter how crazy of a thing you can think of as a trap to either maim or kill someone, trust me, that person that's coming after you has already thought of it. Right. Because at and, that and like point, it's kill or be killed. Right, and, and it's limited to your imagination. There's so mm-hmm. many things you, that you can just do. Yeah. All right, so now that we talked about the different scenarios, let's get into the site selection. Okay, um, real quick, real quick, before we get into that, because that's going to that's gonna be a whole other topic real quick. Um, let's take a quick break. i got to run this ad real fast. Go, and go then for it. we will come back in on site selection. So let me run this real fast. Go right ahead. All right. What's going on, everybody? It's Mike from the Union Underground, and I want to take a second to talk to y'all about my friends over at MyMedic. MyMedic is your all-in-one medical bag supply kit. These packs have everything you are going to need in a medical emergency, and I mean everything. They have all types and sizes for just about every situation you could possibly be in, from working on a construction site to cycling, boating. They even have one specific for the range. And my personal favorite that they have on their list is one for all of our little fur babies. You serious, Clark? Yes, I am dead serious, Cousin Eddie. They have a pet medic bag. How awesome is that? My medic has thought of it all, and they've got you covered. I myself have the MyFact pack, and let me tell y'all, I cannot be more pleased with this product. Made right here in the good old US of A, My Medic is the real deal. You'll get your dollar's worth with these bags. I promise you guys that. And because... I, along with my medic, love every one of y'all so much. We have teamed up to give y'all a special treat. If y'all head over to the link in the show's description, and I hope y'all are ready for this, these amazing folks are going to give you 20% off your order. Hold up. Wait a minute. Yeah, you heard me right. You heard me right there. 20% off your order, but you got to type Mike20 in the discount code box at your checkout. So I don't know why you still don't have your phone in your hand and heading over to the link in the show's description for my medic and getting your bag now. Unless you're driving, wait until you stop first, then head over and get your my medic bag. Shipping is super fast and easy. Oh yeah, and did I mention shipping is free right now on all orders over 49 buckaroos. You can't beat that. Don't forget to type Mike20 in the discount code box to get that 20% off your order. That's my medic. They've got you covered for your medical emergencies, and I promise y'all you won't be disappointed. All right. Sorry, I had to run that real quick. Part of the no problem. Deal with the, those guys over there. That's that 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 is a, a great group of people over there at my medic. Um, Bill, they uh, they uh, hooked me up with the uh, my fact pack, and I got that thing in the mail, and it's amazing. It's just Everything awesome. you need for just basic first aid, you know, like if you if you're in a car wreck or something, you know, I mean, it's, it's um, it's it's got everything, even a CPR uh, mask uh, for giving administering CPR, uh, just all kinds of stuff in it. I was I was amazed at their product. So that's great. That's yeah. awesome. I love it. All right, so uh, site selection. Yeah, so site selection. So. All right, the first thing I want to say is go now. We talked about this earlier, but 
Go recon where you want to go. Don't wait. If you don't have a bug out location, don't screw around until it happens. I understand not everybody can afford land and not everybody. That's great. Go find a place. Go camping. Go hiking. Do something. Find a place that meets the requirements we're going to talk about. Go out and do it now. If you wait till it happens, it's too late. Uh, I can't stress that enough. All right, so site requirements. Number one, and I, there are three things that you need. You have to have shelter, fire, and water. So my number one thing is, when you're going to go set up camp, you better have a source of water. Uh, we can talk about it on another show. We get a little more, you know, if you want, once you start getting a little more advanced, we can talk about ways to purify water um, and all that stuff. But you need to have a, you need to have a source of water. Preferably fast moving because that's going to have less germs, but you still, people think it's okay to drink fast moving water. It's not, there could be a dead animal upstream and Giardia and all the bacteria. You still have to purify it. Fast moving water is much better than still water. You need to find a place that's away from natural lines of drift. And what that means is, when you're walking, if you say, anybody's ever been in the woods, the terrain will naturally lead you in a certain path. Whether it's a deer trail, a creek bed, whatever it is, you're kind of, your, your natural tendency is to walk towards the easiest path. That's just called a natural line of drift. You need to stay away from those. Because what that means is other people will walk along the same natural lines of drift. So you want to stay away from those. And and, and to add to that, um, main highways are... Oh, you need to stay away from all roads. Yeah. Even fire breaks. Fire breaks, if you're in the middle of a forest and there's fire breaks, stay off of those too. That's, a, that, that's basically a man-made trail. Yep. Stay away from it. Um. You need to look for sources of food. You need to game, like those deer, rabbits, fish. Uh, if, if you don't have these things in your prep bag, you need to get something that you can hunt and fish with. Also, okay, so let me back up. I just bought a uh, takedown recurve bow. It can fold up and go into your bag. It's got 55 pounds. A pull that can take down a deer. I also bought tips that you can uh, bow fish with. So consider these things. If you don't know how a snare works, figure it out. Learn it. There's YouTube videos. You just have snares for rabbits, and I know this might be repulsive to people, but you might end up eating squirrels, punks, porcupines, whatever it takes. You need to be able to get it. So you need to be in an area where there's going to be things to eat. Um, now, oh, sidetrack here there, Mike. So we both know, I've listened to your podcast, every one of them, that when this happens, game is going to be hard to come by because everybody in the world is going to be out there hunting and fishing. Uh-huh. Um. Even if you have a solid bug-out location, 
there's a good chance that your vehicle's not going to work and you need to have a plan for that. You might have to walk for two weeks to get to your bug out location. And during those two weeks, you need to eat. And I'm here to tell you, you're not carrying two weeks of food on your back in canned food and your press. It's just not happening. That's a lot of food and a lot of waste and all your other gear. You need to be prepared to survive on your way to your bug out location. Does that make sense too? It makes perfect sense. And and I can already hear a lot of people right now saying, well, I've ordered a year supply of freeze-dried food, dehydrated food. And you might have to do that behind, buddy. Exactly. And, and, and even though it's very lightweight and it, and it can fit in a bag itself for two weeks worth, what people don't realize is a lot of those freeze-dried foods, you're, they're, if, if it says it's a year supply, you're getting roughly five months worth of calories. And right. you need the calories for the energy that you are going to be burning while walking for about two weeks and, and um, trying to survive. If you're going to be walking like that, I need, I, I need people to understand you need to quadruple your caloric intake. Mm-hmm. Um, most people aren't out there hiking and doing stuff. They sit around, they watch TV. We all do it. I do it. I have, a, I have a job where I sit behind a deck all day. Um, in order to hike for that kind of distance, I'm going to have to quadruple my caloric intake. So you need, and, and so you can't just go out into the wilderness and not have the means to hunt or fish or trap. You have to consider that. I actually made, in my bag, I have several snares that I can set up in different methods. I can set a, a, a spring trap snare, a regular snare, a deadfall snare. There's all kinds of different stuff you can do. And if you don't know how to do this, just go on YouTube and look it up, and you can at least be prepared enough that it'll give you confidence to at least give it a go. But definitely have some kind of, they got like, they got 10 fishing rods, they got all kinds. You need to have some kind of fishing gear, too. And practice. Right. Oh, like I said in the beginning, is go back, go out, do recon. Go out and live it. You, I, I heard you say before, go camping, go mm-hmm. fishing, go hunting. Go do something and learn how to do these skills because you will need them. Yeah. Learn, learn, how to, learn how to set those snares. Learn how to catch something. Learn how to track an animal or look at the footprints. Learn footprints of what right. animal is what and, and learn how to field dress that animal to be able to cook it right there on the spot. Right. You're going to need that to survive. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, the next thing is, on your way, you need to stay, not only on your way, but at your site. You need to stay as hidden as much as possible. Now, I touched on this earlier, but you need to be able to, you, if you don't know what the code of fire pit is, Google it, look it up. It, 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 it reduces the amount of smoke. Uh, it's in the ground. You can have a fire, cook your food, and you're not advertising to everybody in the world. I mean, there's other tricks too that we can talk about next. You can build a you can build a wooden wall to hide your fire, but your shelter, camouflage it, make it low profile. Don't build like a big structure, TP structure, if you're trying to hide. 
Keep it low to the ground, profile, just something to keep the, the elements off you. Next is, and I talked about this earlier, though, not only do you need to be hard to find, you need to be easily defendable. You need to have terrain. If the bad guys come, you need to be able to defend yourself. You need to have clear lines of sight. You need to have prepared positions where you can get in. You also need to include covering concealment. And for people who don't know what that means, concealment is a bush. Okay, I can hide behind a bush. That is not cover. A bullet goes through a bush. Cover is you have to have hard something in front of you. Big rock, tree, whatever it is, you need to be able to find both of those. You need to have cover and concealment to be able to be easily defendable. And then, we talked about it earlier, the most important thing that you have to have in your bug out location is practical escape routes. You need to plan it, prepare it, practice it over and over and over again so that if you get overwhelmed, whatever happens, you got a way to get out and hide it. You know, make it so it's not the bad guy can't see you. In desolate positions, which is in, what that means is natural terrain where it's kind of like the low point in the terrain, and you can move down there without anybody seeing you from 50 feet away. They can't see you because you're down low. You're moving. You're moving fast. Right. Right. So the one last tip I'm going to give, and this is going to be for um, if you have a group. And let's say you have a bug out location that you know you have somebody that's going to come join you, but they haven't been there yet. They're coming from out of state. They're coming from a long way away. What you do is you give them the general location. You get them to a point where they can find you. Now, in order to actually find your actual place, you got to leave some kind of marking. Now, if you leave a big red arrow pointing in the direction, that doesn't help because then other people can find you too. So I would recommend you make marking. You shave a uh, spot in the tree, and you carve into it, I don't know, you guys pick yours. I have mine, but pick yours. So that they know it's you and you only. You carve in a square with a, a T inside of it, and then you put an arrow in a certain direction. Well, the people that you know are coming with you, they know that the way the arrow is pointing, you need to go the opposite direction. That, that's a way to, to make people go a certain direction, and that it, 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 it's false. You don't want to leave to you. You can even get fancy enough to put numbers on there. You could say 5,000, and what that means is it's 500 meters to where we are. We put 5,000 on there to throw people off. That's just another little small tip that I know that I'd like to throw out there for people to think about it. Yeah, come, come up with your own uh, communication. Right, and, but, and you can mark it on tree, but just make it so it's not, you know, direct length. You know, where it, you're just 
basically painting arrows and people can walk and find you right away. You have to throw a little subterfuge in there and get people going in the wrong direction if, if they're not with you. Right, and also paint out in the middle of the forest is going to be a red flag for anyone snooping right. around of saying, okay, why is there paint out here, which tells them there's someone out here. So if, if I'm right. patient and I look and f- hunt close enough or good enough, I'm going to find what I'm looking for. So, yeah, definitely carving on a tree because that, that can blend in. Um, but paint out in the middle of nowhere, that's just saying, hey, humans have been here. Someone's been here recently, especially with fresh paint. Right. I, yeah, that's why so you, make, you need to make it as subtle as possible. But you also have to consider the people that are coming to meet you need to be able to find it. So it's a tough blend, but it can be done, and it's easy enough. So, I, I, I think that wraps it up for the simple portion of um, uh, selecting a bug out location. I, I, I think we touched the thing. We can talk. We can do another uh, another one one day about navigation, how to use a compass and a map, and you know how to read a map. But um, we can do that next I, week. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm game. I'm, I'm enjoying right. this. I, it's it's nice because I've, I've got I don't know how many episodes I've got up, but it's just been a one man show and. Having someone you know, I've put out there on all the shows, you know, for people that want to come on the show, you know, and, and I've got some guests lined up and everything, but it's it's nice to have someone to converse with. And, and because sitting in here by myself, I'm, just, I'm talking to myself. I mean, I'm talking to y'all that are listening, but at the moment that I'm recording this, I'm talking into a, a black microphone with a with my roadcaster in front of me, my laptop here, and I'm just by myself, my Kids are in bed. My wife's in the living room watching TV, and I'm I'm just sitting in here by myself. So it's it's really nice to have someone on here to talk to, and and share the same ideas and thoughts, and know that I'm I'm not the only one thinking like I think. You know, it's and I, and I know there's I'm not the only one that thinks like this, but it's nice to be able to sit and have that conversation because I can talk about this stuff with the guys at work, and a lot of them look at me like, dude, you're crazy. But oh yeah, trust me, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> but I get that. People think they they just I don't know. I, I people just don't want to see it coming. I guess I don't know. Well, what, what was real funny was when we had that blizzard down here in Texas. You know, up until the blizzard, everybody was like, "Oh yeah, Mike the Prepper, he's crazy." Blah blah. And then when the blizzard hit, and we were off a week of work, everybody was off a week of work down here. You know, we went back to work, and everybody was like. You know, I was kind of like the hero because I walked up in there and I'm just like, hey, what's going on, guys? And all these guys were just looked exhausted and tired from trying right. to survive. And I'm like, what's wrong with y'all? And, you know, and they're like, well, you know, rough week, you know, being snowed in and everything. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Our power was in and out all week, but we stayed warm. We had food. And they're like, yeah, but you prepped. I was like, now do you see why I prep? And they were like, well, yeah, yeah now I see it. So... You know, it's, 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 everybody wants to laugh at the, 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 the crazy guy until shit gets real. And then now I'm the hero and, you know, the, the cool guy that lived comfortably for a week and, you know, below zero conditions that we do not get in Texas ever. So, you know, it was, it was, it was definitely a fun, uh, trial run to see if, uh, my preps, uh, could hold up and, and they did. And, and, literally for Texas, what is considered a worst case scenario with a blizzard, because like I said, we don't get that down here. We don't. Right. Oh, you guys have no idea. How to deal with the snow. 
snow in the cold. Right, and we don't we don't have the equipment for it. We we definitely don't apparently don't have the power grid according to the government. But you know, it 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 was it was definitely a nice uh, run to test out and test out some of the things that I've read about doing, like building a a makeshift stove out of candles and bricks and a, gr- right, a yeah. grade, you know. And right. I and I did that. I was boiling water and making soups and stuff with tea lights and bricks from the back patio and a piece of a, a grill mesh uh, sitting on top right. of it. And and I mean, it worked, you know. So. Right. It, it was great. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Huh? I would like to say to everybody, anybody that's listening, I would like to say to you, if you hear this podcast and you think, okay, these are crazy people talking about foreign invasions, no, listen to everything he just said. I talked about Katrina earlier. He's talking about Texas and the snow. If that's not a reason to prep, I cannot, then obviously nobody can convince you to be a prepper. Um, those bad scenarios, there's a thousand different. You don't have to prep for Chinese invasion, but you do need to prep for when the power goes out for two weeks and you're locked in in zero degree weather. You mm-hmm. need to be prepared. Exactly, and 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 to say that it won't happen here once again here in Texas, we don't get snow. We we typically don't get down below. 20 degrees on a good winter. Um, most of our winters here lately, I think we've gotten below 32 just a handful of times. And for what we had rolled through this year was unheard of for us. I think the last storm we had like that was decades ago, if, if, if not a century ago. I, don't, I really don't know the exact number, but I know it hadn't happened here in forever. And it, it, it was crazy. It, it was crazy. Um, but at the same time, I was comfortable. I really wasn't too stressed and worried because I, I I sat back and I looked at it and I said, you know what? I've been ready for something like this, and now I'm getting to have fun with it. And I really did. I I had a blast with it. Um, you know, we we just we took precautions that we needed to, and we we sat in the house for a week and we were comfortable. So it to say that it's not going to happen to me, it you know that's the wrong thing to say. Never say never. Um. I know that I've went around life saying never, you know, it's never going to happen to me. And I've, I've learned throughout my 41 years of life to never say never because it can happen. Um, oh, absolutely. Even, even for an invasion. You, I got to tell you, you, you Texas people are crazy. Um, I spent 17 days, 18 days um, out by El Paso doing desert warfare training. Uh huh. That was the worst. 18 days of my life. <laughs> every orifice. And I, when I did it, it, it was June. So it was hot as hell. And I guarantee you, the last place on earth I'm going for a bug out is Texas. Holy crap, <laughs> is it hot. I don't the, know how you people do it. The summers I'd are brutal. Go, I'd rather go to the wilds of Alaska and deal with grizzlies than live in Texas in that heat. We we prefer cold because I I always say you know you can dress for the cold you cannot dress for the heat. You and, get naked and that's it. Yeah, but then, then that's illegal. So. so <laughs> All right. Well, before we get out of here, um, we've been talking, uh, and you are going to be actually opening up a survival school in the near future, correct? Yeah. 
Yes, I am. All right. Well, tell us about that a little bit real quick before we get out of here. All right. So um, I, I uh, made some good friends. Their names are Stacy and Andy, and they live in Ohio. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to start a survival school. And what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your model, and I'm going to start from the basics. So the first course I'm going to offer, and they have a lot of land. They have a lot, a lot of land. Woods. I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple ponds with fish in them. There's streams. It is the perfect environment. And I want to build this as introduction to bushcraft. You know, people don't know how to do that. You, got, you need to build things. You need to do that. But you don't have a lot of stuff. Well, you need to learn how to do that. Um, so intro to bushcraft, intro to survival. But it's also for people who, um, let's say you got a family, and they just decided they want to learn how to go primitive camping and and be able to take their kids, but be able to do it without having any worries and know what they're doing. I think that this, that, that skill set is something that people will be very interested in, and frankly, that a lot of people are lacking. And um, I think that this would be a really cool, cool adventure, and to be able to teach people how to do this. You know, we start out like a weekend course. You come up on a Friday night, we do this stuff. We teach you. We teach you basic first aid, basic navigation, how to purify water, uh, how to kill game and clean it and cook it on a fire, how to set up struck, how, how to set up shelter so that you're not exposed to the elements. There's so many things that we can teach people that I think that people want to learn and they would be very interested in. It's, it sounds amazing. It sounds great. Um, I know we've talked, I know I'm going to be coming up there for, uh, one of the initial classes. Uh, yeah. I want you to be the pilot class. Yeah. 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 For the, uh, yeah, the pilot class. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I know that when I come up there, I'm literally bringing my bug out bag and firearm and that's it. Right. Um, so we're going to teach you how to, uh, how to use a bow to hunt fish. I mean, there's so many cool things. I think that it's wide open. The potential is wide open. Sounds great. It really does. I like I say, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Um, anything to get out into the uh, woods for me is always sounds just like an amazing time. And I, I think the concept and offering this to the public for people to come from wherever, all over, um, to 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 learn. You know, it's 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 great. You know, I I do I do the podcast because I just I want to pass information on and you're doing, you know, a bushcraft survival school to pass information on to help people that need the help. And I, I think it's great. Um, we need more of that because, you know, bushcrafting and all that, that's that's just a lost art, you know, that they don't teach anymore. They they don't teach it in Boy Scouts anymore. And, and it's just it's not, you know, it's, it's just not really around anymore. I, th- I think it's great. It's awesome. Thanks. I, 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 I'm excited about it. It's something I've wanted to do for years, but now I finally have the opportunity to do it. Um, I, I, I think that that's a skill that everybody should have. And so I'm looking, I'm really, really looking forward to doing this. Yeah. I'm, and like I said, I'm looking forward to the pilot class, getting out there to it and, and 
taking a little vacation up that way um, to, to, to come check it out and hang out and everything for the weekend and just do some, do some roughing it, man. It's, sounds great. Right. right. All right. Well, definitely. Uh, and we'll talk more after the show, uh, set up everything, but let me go ahead and close this out real fast or unless you got anything right. else. No, I'm good. I, I hey everybody listening. I appreciate you listening and, hearing my ramblings and uh i hope that i gave you a little bit of good information i hope you can use it awesome all right well thanks for being on today uh don't hang up let me close this out real quick and then uh, i'll uh get us off of here and finish out everything but uh that is going to wrap us up for another round of the union underground guys uh i just lost my spot in the notes oh there we go remember to follow or subscribe on whichever platform you are listening on for the latest show uploads, also head over to the Facebook uh, page and give us a like and a share. Uh, definitely share us with everybody, guys. That's the only way we're going to get word out there. I can only share so much. Um, also, if you are interested in being on the show or have a product uh, you would like to come on the show and talk um, talk about, please don't hesitate. I just messed that part up. Let me just start that over again. If you or you know anyone that is interested in being on the show and y'all, you or your the people that you know have a product that you would like to promote and come on the show and talk about, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at our email at the union underground podcast at gmail.com. And my foot just got tangled up in the ear cord or the headphones. Sorry about that. Once again, I actually didn't veer off on this show, which is amazing for me. Um, so that's a win except for there at the very end when I got tangled up anyways. Thank you guys for tuning in. Y'all stay safe. Stay vigilant. God bless all of y'all for listening, and just God bless you guys in general. I love each and every one of y'all. Like always, there ain't nothing to it but to do it, and when you do it, act like you're used to it. Uh, And never forget, we're here. We're ready. We are the Union Underground. Bye. Bye.